Good to be with you as we wrap up our series, I'm Not Fine. I am so grateful for our teaching team and the remarkable job they've done over the last few weeks just inviting us to the experience of God's kingdom. And that's our hope for you today. Our hope for you today is that you would realize there is a community that understands at some point in our life, if we're honest and we tell the truth about our experience, we will say, I'm not fine. And maybe just to break the ice a little bit, kind of get some interaction, just, you know, if you're willing, this is a safe space, there's no pressure, but at any point in your life, have you said, I'm not fine? Yeah, I have. Like, I'll just say two things happen. How many of you just love to stay in that place? You know, I just want to be not fine for the rest of my days. Anybody? Okay, no, no. So here's the thing. One, when we realize that we say, I'm not fine, we encounter the reality of what we see in Scripture that there, there is a, a world of hurting and broken people that we are a part of who have a need. And we realize the longing in our heart for the one who can meet that need and what I would even venture to say is the longing for heaven where all things are right and good and true. So when we, get, when we kind of confront that face to face, what we see is the longing in our heart for King Jesus to come and meet our need. We're not all powerful. We're not all perfect. We're not all knowing. Like we, we actually are not self-sufficient because there are moments in our life we hit that moment that who we are is actually not enough and what we're experiencing was not what we wanted or asked for or intended. Am I speaking your language this morning? Does this sound like where you've lived? Does this sound like humanity at its like kind of most honest and true spot? Yeah. Well, what we realize is that not only is like pain normal, but pain has been undeniably present during the pandemic. And the last 18 months has intensified the painful parts of our life. Would you agree with that? Like maybe get an amen or two, like a yeah, like that's right, right? Like the pandemic intensified any experiences of pain that you might have had. There's been physical pain, like yeah, duck hurt. Like, we've read the headlines too. <laughs> and not just related to the pandemic that we've been walking through. There's been death. Hospitals we're hearing are overrun again. So it feels like we're like here again. Anybody getting that feeling like, oh, please, not again. Please, not again. Mental pain. Emotional pain, the mental health of our day and time is moved to front and center, and there is great concern for the distress because what we're realizing is we are told you can have it all, and the, the reality of it is, is you can't, and you won't, and there's great mental distress when you're confronted with the deficiencies and the shortcomings and the relational pain and maybe the job pain because maybe you lost a job in the last 18 months which created financial pain which is really anxiety producing and then we worry and then we're emotionally stressed and then we're physically stressed because our rhythms get all put out of place and then we're mentally stressed because it's dark and it's lonely and we're isolated. Man, this is like the most uplifting sermon you're going to hear all week. Everyone has felt pain. Everyone. Pain is unfortunately normal and common in the human experience. And some of the most 
difficult pain is hidden pain. Some of the most difficult pain that we will experience is the hidden pain in our life and our heart where we know how crushing the pain is and nobody else knows it. Because then you're alone in your pain. You're alone in your pain. Even though everyone has felt pain, anybody ever felt alone in your pain? That's the worst. It's the worst to be alone in your pain. Today's text where we're going to see Jesus, we're going to see a story of Jesus out of the Gospels, is going to speak to the invitation as a community that we have. What's interesting is I was reminded recently how unique pain is because I, in a message a, a couple, maybe a month or two ago, I was spotlighting the pain of a particular people group. And what was interesting is as I was just inviting us as a community to understand, hey, we as a community need to know the pain of the people around us. And after that message, I had a chance to talk to a friend who was here during that message. And with great courage, my friend looked at me and he said, you know what? That was really hard for me. He said, you want to know why? Because I'm in pain too. And I felt like you didn't see my pain. A humbling moment, to be real honest, and a necessary moment because what I experienced is, yes, we could look out and go, there is pain among people all around us, and there is pain in the people right next to us, and what we're going to see as we conclude this series of I'm Not Fine is that Jesus and the kingdom of God and the community of Jesus followers need to step toward pain. We need to understand the invitation to God's kingdom. And so I just want us to explore Mark 2 today. So if you've got a Bible, feel free to grab it. If you don't have a Bible, we encourage you on a smart device, if you happen to have one of those, there's an app called the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. We encourage you to do that. They give you daily scripture to read. It is so helpful. It's something that helps me. It's going to be on the screen behind me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this story about Jesus, and I just, understanding everyone's experiencing pain, you're experiencing pain, I've experienced pain, put yourself in the story, and let's see what Jesus might say to us today. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Right there, that word is he's preaching the good news of the kingdom. If you remember, Jesus said of himself, he said, I have come to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. That's why I was sent. This is what he's proclaiming as he's hanging out with people. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat uh, the man was, on, was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now don't just let your mind just kind of go by like reading words. Like paint the picture in your mind, okay? Large crowd. Just think pre-COVID. It's just stacked, okay? It's just stacked. Best concert you've ever been to, shoulder to shoulder. Nobody's going anywhere. You don't get a bathroom break because you were one of the ones that wanted to be in the room at the front, all right? It's packed. People surrounding it outside, trying to get within earshot. These guys go, well, 
okay, I guess we're going to kind of break and enter, all right? So we're going to like start tearing, digging through. Everybody with me? Okay, everybody smile. Okay, just, I'm just saying, like, this is an interesting story. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, like some of you just did, as you're like, oh, Kurt, you know, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. All right, before, I, before we start to unpack this, I want you all to pay attention. When they showed up the house, could they get in? Man, after that miracle, the people sure parted, and he walked right out through the crowd. Doesn't that strike you as interesting? Before the story, it looks like there's no way. There's no way in. We got to kind of find that side entrance. We got to sneak in. After the miracle, isn't it amazing that he could walk right through the crowd? See, there's a disruption that comes when the kingdom of God shows up. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, as I've been reading this text all week, like, just put yourself in the story. Don't just read it flat. Read the text and let the Spirit of God come to you. So we're going to practice together. Okay, I want you to get in the story. All right, we're going to have a little fun together. There is no shame in the game that we're about to play. Which character do you relate to most in the story? And do not say Jesus, because we all know we're not Jesus. We are glad Jesus is in the story. Jesus is the one person we are not, which is why we need Jesus, and Jesus saves us all. We're not Jesus. But just play, play this with me a little bit. Think about Jesus. He's sitting there teaching. He's just having a good old time, proclaiming the good news. Then what begins to happen to Jesus? Dirt starts to fall on his head. I mean, at some point, you've got to realize he looks up, and he's like, as my, as my friend told me this week we were talking about, he's like, I mean, do you want me to, like, wait till you all come down? Or do you want me to keep going? Should we just, like, hold on? Like, I could heal you right there. Okay, just come on. Like, the whole teaching's interrupted. Anybody? Okay, I'm just saying, like, it's just there. All right, we're not Jesus. We know that. The crowd. Do you put yourself in the crowd? Seeking kind of the miraculous move of God in that day, just trying to get in the room. If I can get in the room, maybe something good will happen. I'll see something cool. I'll hear something good. How about feeling cheated by the cutter? You know, the person that cut in front of you to get to Jesus and got the healing you wanted? Can you be a part of the crowd, maybe? How about the friends? These four people pick up their friend who's paralyzed, carry him on a mat. Anybody ever had to carry somebody? It's not easy. They carry him in, then they start going, we can't get him in. We gotta get our friend to the feet of Jesus. They're sweaty, they're exhausted, and they've just ransacked somebody else's house. How about the paralytic, just along for the ride? Didn't put himself there. Maybe he's like, guys, come on, I've been paralyzed a long time. Do you really think it's different now? What's going through the person who's on the mat just going like, all right, guys, yeah, whatever. 
How about the teachers of the law? Internally judging everything that's going on. Externally, oh, isn't this nice? This is nice. I look nice. I got my faith intact. I'm good. I'm religiously elite. Everything on the outside looks one way. Everything on the inside looks a different. How about the homeowner? Have you ever thought about the homeowner in this story? Like now they got to file an insurance claim? <laughs> police report? I don't know. How do you go about that? Like you get an insurance claim if you don't file the police report? They have a new sunroof. Where is Jesus going to meet you in this story? I'm going to be honest. I've been all of them except Jesus. At any point in my life, I've probably been one or some of them. I've been in the room hoping God will speak a word to me, internally disappointed that somebody else got it. Can I just tell you that is the work of the enemy? Because if somebody else gets the goodness of God, it is tangible and it is available for me. And their testimony of hope is my testimony of hope because we are part of a family. And when good things happen to our family, good things happen to me. I've been there. I've been in the crowd. I've been the friend. I've been the friend who walks my friend to Jesus, who prays with my friend over and over and over again, longing for Jesus to move in and do the work. I've been the paralytic. At some point, we will probably all be these characters. What does Jesus say to us? What we see back then, just like now, pain's present in the culture. Why? If they were looking for healing, they knew that there was pain in the culture. Jesus went from town to town, healing, casting out demons. There was spiritual oppression. There was political and governmental and, like, authority oppression in their day and time. There was poor, like, there were very challenging things going on in that day and time. Pain was present in the culture. Pain is present in the story and in the lives of the people. Can you relate? Like, do we, is it possible that the scriptures that Jesus and the Bible are good for us today just like they were then? Yeah, that's like, amen. There is truth for us in this that should be hope for our hearts that the kingdom wants to break in today just like it did then. Okay, that's, keep going. As I started off in the intro, in regards to pain, there are many perspectives, there are many points of view, and there are many people experiencing pain. Same in the story. Same when my friend was kind enough to say, hey, this is what happened for me when I heard you. What does Jesus want to do about it? What does Jesus do about it? Here's what I want you to know. The, the interesting thing to me is this in verse 4. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Do you think Jesus knew the guy was paralyzed? Why does he start with the spiritual need? Why does Jesus start with the spiritual need? need. I think there's something so important for us today that I want you to know forgiveness is the work of God's kingdom to, be, to bring remedy at the root. 
to bring remedy at the root. There are a lot of things being done in our day and time that want to deal with the surface. The kingdom of God wants to get to the heart of the matter and to the root of the matter so that we can be free, not just on the surface, but at the depths of our soul. And do you see how easy it was for Jesus to forgive him? Just in case you missed it, son, he gives him identity as his kid, as part of the family. Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Everybody say it with me. Your sins are forgiven. Four words forever changed. Like, don't you think you should have interviewed him first? Hey, tell me how bad it's been. Do you remember that time you were 12? Let's talk about that. Are you really sorry? Do you have remorse? Are you willing to confess all your sins in front of all these people? I'm pushing on some things with us today. Do you feel it? Sons, your sins are forgiven. Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Children of God, your sins are forgiven. Humanity, your sins are forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin, my sin, is forgiven. Hallelujah. This is the good news of Jesus. It doesn't tell... Yes, it works its way to the cross and to the empty grave. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and he exercises and demonstrates it in front of the crowd. Your sin is forgiven. And you know what happened among the religious in the room? They went, no, 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 no. You can't do that. That's not how it works. Everybody, everybody has spiritual pain in our lives Sometimes of our own doing, sometimes because of the sin of other people, because of the sin of the world, spiritual pain is often overlooked. He was paralyzed. Don't you think that got the attention? Like when I have a headache, I'm not thinking, Jesus, will you forgive my sins? When I'm in anguish, that's not where I go. I'm like, man, I really want to be free of this. What I want us to see is that spiritual pain is often overlooked. And Jesus doesn't overlook it. And he's not threatened by it. He's not concerned by it. He is ready and willing to say freedom in the name of Jesus. I guess he just goes, freedom in my name. <laughs> I have authority to do this. The Father has given me authority. And just in case you're concerned and wonder about that, get up and walk. I'm going to get to that. I just jumped ahead in my notes. It's okay. Check this out. Spiritual pain is often overlooked. I'm going to give you two illustrations. At the beginning of this month, I stopped drinking coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like hot and like cozy. I don't care. It can be 110 out. Coffee, hey, here's a trick, heavy cream. Yes, please. Coffee with heavy cream. That's my go-to. It doesn't need sugar. There's plenty of sugar and goodness in the heavy cream, okay? There's a point to this. I stopped drinking coffee. And I replaced it with only drinking water. After the four or five days of headaches, I start to begin to think more clearly, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And here's what I feel like the Lord spoke to me, and I think this is actually an invitation. It's an illustration for you to consider. I realized how much water I was drinking. And I've probably been drinking over 100 ounces of water a day. 
And here's what I began to realize. As long as I was drinking coffee, you know what was happening to my thirst? It was quenched by something other than water. Do you know what my body needs? Coffee? No. It needs water. And as I was drinking coffee, I was limiting my water, and my body didn't know to trigger, hey, you're thirsty, because I would go like, oh, more coffee, because I'm tired. And I'm tired, so it's like I just drink more coffee. In the afternoon, more coffee. All the while, I was drinking less water. And you know what I've begun to realize? I was living dehydrated. Anybody ever been dehydrated before? Your body hurts, you get headaches, you don't feel good. And I was just like, just dehydrated. I wasn't like hospital dehydrated. I wasn't like, hey, I need an IV dehydrated. I was like, just dehydrated. And it, and it clicked. This is how we live spiritually. We are filling our lives with other things that temporarily quench a thirst that is meant to be filled and quenched by the living God because he is living water and he wants to pour spiritual water all over the soil of your heart and your mind and your relationships and he wants you to know that you're thirsty but our world tells us to quench our thirst with everything else. Our spiritual pain is being overlooked because we're just dehydrated enough that we can make it and we're good and Jesus looks at us and goes, come drink living water. Your sins are forgiven. You're my kid. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Walk with me. Be a part of my kingdom. Your sins are forgiven. And you might go, no, 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 but you don't know. And I go, but Jesus didn't ask that guy. Jesus knew because he knows the thoughts of the Pharisees sitting in the room too, so don't play that game with God, okay? But I'm just saying, like, your sins are forgiven. One illustration, drink more water. Jesus is living water. It's the woman of the well. He's like, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask for living water. Are you tracking with me? Maybe it's just for me, but it's good, okay? Here's the other one. Anybody garden? Anybody have a garden? You like pretty flowers? I try. Those who don't do, they try, okay? I try. The freeze, how many of the freeze lost stuff in the garden, your garden? Yep, it was brutal, right? Everything died, except for the stuff that didn't die, like nutgrass. Everybody know what nutgrass is? I got a picture of nutgrass. Okay, nutgrass is really pretty on the surface. It's green. It gets tall. It makes me think of, like, sprout hair, like the game on Mario Kart that I play with my kids, you know, or whatever. You know, like, nutgrass. You know what happens when you pull nutgrass? It breaks. And you get the stuff at the surface, and you know what stays underneath the soil? The root. You know where this is going. Y'all just see it. It's like the story tells itself, all right? Our garden was covered, I mean, everywhere. Hours. We're pulling it all. We're pulling it all. We're pulling it all. Man, it looked good for three weeks. That's how we live spiritually. We look good for like three weeks because we're not getting to the heart of the issue. We're living on the surface, and Jesus is saying, I want all of you. I want the stuff beneath the surface. Bring it to me. You are forgiven, and I'm also going to heal you just to prove I have authority to do this, and then your story is going to create a story of awe and amazement for everybody who you allow to see your story, and people are going to come into the kingdom. Don't just pull nutgrass at the surface. you got to get to the root. And then nutgrass is especially tricky because they connected to each other. And there's like, they work in like clusters of three. And you pull one, but then the other one has the root, and then it grows back. It's crazy. This is what sin does to us. It destroys our life. And it's this connects to that, connected to that. And Jesus is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and he wants us to be free. Allow the living God to meet you in your place of spiritual thirst. 
And if your spiritual thirst today is like, I, could, I think I'm thirsty for about an ounce of God to see if he's even real. Invite God into that ounce status. If you need to drink 100 ounces of spiritual, like, refreshment, just ask God to pour it out. Your sins are forgiven. In a commentary I read this week, check out this quote. It is so good. Okay, you're probably already reading. Go back one slide, Lori. I, I, I jumped the gun. Here's why. Anybody, ever, if you grew up in church, how many of you heard about Jesus healing the paralyzed man? Okay. What's the miracle of the story? That Jesus healed a paralyzed man, right? That's, what, that's the prominent point of the story. That's what you remember. Am I right? Just if you happen to grow up in church. I grew up in church. Look at this next quote. Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It meets the greatest need, it costs the greatest price, and it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results. Warren Worsby. At some point, we are all going to die. The paralyzed man and the walking man are both going to end up in the grave. Forgiveness is the greatest miracle of Jesus and the kingdom. And you know what's even more amazing? Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you get to forgive. You get to live like me. You get to be people of forgiveness here on earth. You get to proclaim the way I proclaimed before I healed the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. I will forgive you for that relational wound. I will forgive you for that disappointment. I will forgive you for the way you betrayed me. I will forgive you for the way you let me down. I will forgive you because King Jesus forgives you, and I follow King Jesus, and forgiveness is what the world needs to be free. I'm just going to preach today. I don't even care. I just like, I don't even know what to tell you. You want to know how to love your neighbor? Forgive him. You want to know how to be free from the anxiety you carry around for what happened? Ask the Holy Spirit to come and not only set you free, but to let you become an agent of forgiveness because Jesus is in there and he says your sins are forgiven and he invites us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross every day and to walk the way of Jesus, which is forgiveness. You want to know what I want them to say about the Vineyard Church Pearland? That's a community of forgiveness. You know why forgiveness matters? Forgiveness matters because forgiveness says, yes, there's a sin issue, and yes, there's a remedy. It is the only place we actually walk out grace and truth. And it's the place we walk out humility. We get in the presence of God and go, God, I need your forgiveness. And you know what he says? Kurt, your sins are forgiven. And you know what I do? I take that with me. And I try to walk it out with my kids. And I try to walk it out in my marriage. And I try to walk it out with my friends. And I try to walk it out in community. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fail. Because remember, who am I not in the story? I'm not Jesus. Forgiveness displays the authority of God and the heart of God. If you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, just ask God to start working on your heart. God, I can't do it yet. I am weak. I am not Jesus. Give me your heart. When I have your heart, give me your authority so that I walk in it with humility the way you do. May we be a community of forgiveness. May we understand what that means, that we take Jesus and the things of Scripture 
And we understand that there is a best way to live. There is a free way to live. There is an invitation to follow Jesus. And when I stop following Jesus, I turn to Jesus, I repent, and he says, your sins are forgiven. All right, now to the part you already all knew, healing. Jesus cares about your physical needs. He cares. Healing is where God's presence meets us in our pain. And there's a real tension here. I've prayed for people to be physically healed, and it doesn't happen. I've prayed for miracles to happen, and it didn't break in. We live in a tension. Remember, we're not Jesus, but he's given us authority, and we believe in the kingdom of God being now we're going to pray for all these things and ask God to show up, and it's not fully yet. That's heaven. That's coming. But we are going to risk, and we are going to reach, and we believe God heals today. We believe the work of the kingdom is today. You know how many people I've experienced healed when I don't pray for them? I don't get those stories a lot. <laughs> we have to risk. I did this a couple messages ago. We had a really good message about healing. If you've experienced healing in your life or you've helped pray for somebody who's been healed or you know of a place God showed up and healed somebody, raise your hand. Healing happens today. And we as a local church are going to reach for it because Jesus reaches for it. We're going to reach for forgiveness and we're going to reach for healing because healing is an expression of God's presence, the kingdom of God, the authority of God, the rule of God breaking in and saying, I got something to say about that. And every time you pray for healing, what you're actually saying is, I have something to say for it. God's heart has something to say for it. You are not alone in your pain. Every time we pray for somebody, we care for them. Every time we meet them, we're right there saying, no, you're not going to be alone in your pain. You're not going to be alone in this journey. This is a big deal, and it matters to God. The friends go, you're not alone. We're going to pick you up. We're going to send you through the roof. Good luck. I mean, you're, well, oh, that, you're already paralyzed. Like, if we drop you, it's. <laughs> Kurt, your sins are forgiven. He knows my head and my heart. I had already thought it. Jesus already knew I thought it. Might as, well, might as well share it with the room. God's kingdom offers us a source for things to be better. God's kingdom. He offers you a source. Oh, he offers you a source for things to be better. Tanya, our administrative assistant, and I were talking this week, and she goes, you know, people just want things to be better. And I was like, can I quote you on that? She's like, sure. We do. We long for heaven. And in Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the local church, we get to ask heaven to break in. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, where you have full authority, you have full rule and reign. People are healed. Forgiveness abounds, and we worship you, and we walk with you, and we love you the way we were created to do it. Healing and forgiveness have a source, and it is King Jesus, and it's available for you today. Our pain is a priority to God. Our pain, your pain, is a priority to God. Here's the other thing. 
the pain of others is a priority to God. The pain of others is a priority to God. Our pain gets prioritized when we start to share it with God and his presence and with community. We actually can prioritize our pain by sharing it with somebody. Saying, I'm struggling here. I'm having a hard time. Come pray for me. We're going to pray for people at the end of our gathering today. I invite you to Healing Prayer Night this Wednesday. The reason we do Healing Prayer Night is because of this text and so many others that we want to know there is a place we expect people who are hurting and broken and unsure to be ready to walk in, to be met with love, to be met with grace, to be met by the authority of God to say we will stand with you and pray with you and we'll welcome forgiveness and we'll welcome healing and we are with you. The pain of others must become a priority to us as well. We need to be the four friends picking up the mat. And when our friend gets healed, then we need to go, hey guys, I need healing, let me jump on. We jump on the mat, hey, pick us up. And then we get, and then the, we rotate. We do like a little healing jig, dance, I don't know. How do we do this well? No lie, if you were on Version Bible app this week and other places, I knew I was preaching on healing, I knew I was preaching on forgiveness. So many things I saw on social media and scripture, daily scriptures were about healing and forgiveness this week. Galatians says this, carry one, another bur- carry one another's burdens. This is the call of Jesus to the local church. We are to carry the burden of one another. Do you know how you carry burdens? <laughs> Anybody? This question got real quiet. <laughs> hey, can I, I'm gonna, I, I don't like doing this. Josh, can I ask for your help? Just do what you're doing. Stand up and come. No, 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 don't, don't, don't let go. This is how you carry. Your, your child is not a burden. I'm not speaking that over them. You have to be close enough to wrap your arms around it and give it a good bear hug. And with all the strength inside of you, you say, I'm not dropping it because this is a precious part of your journey that God wants to meet you in, and I'm not going to let go. I never want to let go of the child that I'm holding because that would be painful. We carry one another's burdens by getting close enough. Thanks, dude. You're awesome. I hope you saw that online. This is how we carry burdens. We have to get close, and we have to make ourselves available, and we have to open up our arms to the pain of other people. And then we have to wrap our arms around it with the love of God. This is what Jesus does in that moment. He says, I see you. I know you. Your sins are forgiven. Stand up and walk. Let's walk together. The friends picked up the mat. They had to be close enough to put their hands on the mat and pick it up and carry their friend. One of the things I've learned over the last year and a half is we need to get closer to one another's pain. We need to get closer to the pain of our city. We need to get closer to the pain of this cultural moment and declare the kingdom of God has something to say about it. And it's not in your own strength. It's not in your own wisdom because Romans 8 says life by the spirit is the remedy for the destruction from life by the flesh. Life by the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, lives in you if you are a follower of Jesus. That is the resource we need to walk this out. Not your strength, not your power. It is the power and presence of the living God, the authority of God in us 
to walk this out as a community. Let's stand together. I'm going to give a challenge to our church. Over the next three months, everybody consider showing up to Healing Prayer Night. <laughs> you ready, team? No. Here's what I mean. A clear next step for everyone in the room is Healing Prayer Night. And if that feels like a big leap for you, come experience the same way we pray here in a smaller amount of time is what we do on Wednesday nights. If, you're, if you are hurting, if you are broken, if you're spiritually saturated, if you're spiritually dehydrated, it doesn't matter. Come and receive. Healing Prayer Night happens this Wednesday. It's a couple Wednesdays a month. Come check it out. We all need forgiveness. We all need healing. And Jesus says it's available. Where there is pain, we must press in with the mercy and goodness of God. Jesus, I believe, was so kind to them. Really, what's interesting is in the story, the only group that he really kind of like calls out are the religious people thinking horrible thoughts about Jesus. He calls them into correction. He shows grace and mercy to the person by just saying, your sins are forgiven. He didn't expose them. He didn't, hey, everybody, just so you know, this is what I forgave. I forgave this and that one time and this other thing. He just says, your sins are forgiven. If you are here today, that is what is available. So here's how we're going to close. I'm going to pray over the whole room. I'm going to invite our prayer ministry teams to come. If you have been trained by us to pray for people, I would love for you to come. If you're a small group leader, I just want as many people who are willing to pray today to come stand down front so that our church family can see we are ready to stand with you and pray for you. If you need healing today, come. In just a minute, we're going to let our teams get set up. If a couple of our prayer ministry teams, if you happen to bring a mask, it would be great to have a couple of people who might have a mask on just to make anybody feel comfortable if they would like to receive prayer that way. Guys, this is so good. Like, the power and authority of God available in Jesus is bigger and stronger than anything you're going to face. If you need chains broken, come let them go to work. If you need forgiveness for lying when you were in seventh grade, let them go to work. Freedom and mercy Grace and love, power and authority that you long for in your life is available in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So today, God, we bless this community. Everyone online, I just extend this blessing to them, and I say, kingdom of God, come and break in. For anybody in the room today who's just been carrying around guilt and shame, may they experience the freedom of forgiveness and so clearly what is said at the beginning, the blessing that you call them your child, son, daughter, you are forgiven. Now, for people in the room who need healing, we need healing in our finances. We need healing in our mental experience. We need healing in our emotions. We need healing in our physical bodies. We just say, come and pour out your kingdom, God. Pour out your kingdom on this room. Use this room to pour out your kingdom on the city as we go about our week this coming week. May we move closer to pain because we know that you have something to say about it, King Jesus. God, we invite you as a community. We say, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. 
May your kingdom come and your will be done here and now on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us hope and give us courage to be the person who will share our God story, who will take the risk to pray as an expression of care and possibility that somebody would be healed and set free. Whatever the needs are in the room, God, you know them and you see them. Pour out your spirit. We ask for healing and forgiveness to be marks of this church body going forward because it is who you are and we love you. We give you all the honor and glory. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.